Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there. Welcome to Agree or Disagree, the podcast. This is Kevin Olenek. Happy to be with you. We're going to try something different today. Um, And we're going to try this maybe every Friday. I want to try to do a little bit of a roundtable discussion where we talk about the news and the events of the week. Bring in different people. Uh, Today is a new voice. and he uh, calls himself a man about town. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he has some ideas. We'll, we will probably hear more from him going forward because he has visions of evil. I mean, uh, visions of stuff that he wants to do. Not necessarily. They're not necessarily evil. Uh, you know, the evil is a relative term, I would think, depending on who you are. If you're an Albertite. Albertite, yes. <laughs> you will get into Albertite. So we'll... <laughs> we were talking about that off air. Uh, this is Michael Tingle. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yes. So for those who have never heard of you before, tell us about you. Tell us about kind of your ideas. And yeah, um, I've been shooting around some ideas uh, for the last couple of years, just about YouTube, um, celebrity, and uh, communication and how we communicate. And I think that in the next couple of years, I think that uh, YouTube will be the next network, so to speak, and the personalities on YouTube will be more, how would you say, <clears throat> there will be no, more credence given to the YouTube personality. Um, I also have ideas about my city, um, the direction it's going and heading, the direction the direction I'd like it to head. And I'd love to discuss that and hear your opinions and thoughts about it. And yeah, see where we end up. We're going to see where we end up. Uh, and you... You know, I mean, with YouTube, really, and as we get into this a little bit more, but if you kind of look at the evolution, it was the blogger that started to kind of get more credibility. And now it's yeah. the podcast is the new blog, but YouTube is really becoming the, the format where you expose your podcast a little bit more. Absolutely. I think I think YouTube is a, a mix between the blog and uh, Netflix, if yeah. you will. Uh, you got that good mix of audio plus the visual content being added on there. Uh, with the shift uh, of people getting their content online, I think that's why I think that's the next evolution of, of content delivery. Yeah. And we're dealing right now, and we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about Vancouver specifically, right. but 
in terms of the news, it's a perception right now that the news isn't accurate. Or they're taking what they what, want. Cherry they're, picking. They're cherry picking yeah. what they want. For sure. So a good example of that, I feel, and we'll open up with this, and I have no idea what your opinion is on this. So you might just throw me out of this house right now. Wow. But um, the, Omar Kadar right. um, has been a big, probably the biggest news story of the week. Uh, he has actually, as of this recording, not a couple hours ago, he just received $10.5 million. It was in his account and has handed that off on to uh, other his lawyers, and he is about to live happily ever after. I knew about this. I was thinking about it, you know. I could see his side where, uh, he, of course, Omar Kadar was the uh, child soldier who threw the grenade and killed the... Uh, allegedly. 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 <laughs> through, that, that's the... well, we always have to, to, to say that. Allegedly. Uh, killed the American soldier and another uh, wounded another soldier. Uh, he well he he killed a me- the grenade killed, killed a medic, medic and a soldier and a, yeah. and killed a soldier. Yeah. Okay, yeah. did not know that. Yeah. See, that's the problem with this, right? right? You know, there's not a lot of information being disseminated. I think. Uh, the, yeah. So yeah. one side is like Omar Kadar is a confessed terrorist. Everybody drink because that's the official drinking game of the Omar Kadar saga. The other, and he was, and if you, there's a lot of really good people to follow, Mary Shepard from the Toronto Star did some really good stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But he was actually recruited or f- forced by his family to be involved at the age of nine. Right. I don't know what you were doing at the age of nine. Playing Little League. Okay, see? So you were... <laughs> <laughs> you see? There. And this happened when he was 15. And I know that there's some people that will counteract, well, it wasn't technically a law at 15 that to be a child soldier at the time. Right. But come on. Yeah, so... He would have been tried as a young offender in Canada. He would have. And he's a Canadian citizen. Yeah, Here's the deal. Um, imagine you're forced by your family, uh, regardless if you wanted to do it or not, to, I guess, hate another uh, country and religion and then fight on your family's behalf and religion's behalf. <clears throat> uh, that, well, for me, that would be hard uh, to make a distinction distinguished uh judgment on whether that's the right call or not um i don't know if i was thinking right at the age of nine who was i was I following my parents right instructions now. right mm-hmm. take out yeah. the garbage yeah that, you know that's what i did so for cutter uh taking out the garbage was throwing that grenade you know um it, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So on on one hand, I see that point, but on the other hand, I see uh, a, a a person who commit committed a uh, crime. He, I don't, I saw him as a soldier. I see him as a soldier. I think, I see him not as a victim. And so, yeah, that's where I think my opinion differs with a lot of Canadians. I think a lot of Canadians, some Canadians, I should say, not a lot, but some Canadians believe that he should. Uh, 
it's not right and he should be paid the money and stuff like that because of what the Canadian Charter of Rights gives us as Canadians. And he was a Canadian. Yes, he still is a Canadian. Still is a Canadian. <laughs> still Even is though Canadian. he was shipped off to Guantanamo Bay, which is Camp X-Ray or whatever, yeah. in the middle of the nowhere. Um, that's where a lot of bad shit went down anyway there. But I do think that he still is a Canadian and he is eligible to be under those rights and freedoms that I am and that you are. But at the same time, I do think that he's a soldier. And what happens to soldiers, right? If, if I'm fighting for Germany and I kill a U.S. soldier, that, that's what happens. The U.S. soldier dies. I don't. I, I don't know if you, you you know this, but the family of the soldier wants the money yes, that he's going to get from the Canadian government. And this, both it's already it's already that already won't happen. That's oh, already yeah. You don't think so? No, it's legally it won't happen because he's already got the like. He's probably going to put this in a like. From what my reading is, it's probably not going to be even under his name. Right. There's a lot of legal expenses he has to pay. Whose name will it be? It can't be his father because his yeah. father was a combatant down there too. K E V I N O L E N. One can only wish. One can only wish, right? Uh, but and I, I was telling a friend. I don't even think he. Uh, this was his thought. I think it's somebody else's thought. Well, it was his mind to sue the government. I don't think he decided to sue the government. You know what I mean? Like he I, might have got legal advice for it, but he—I mean—he went I, eight years. He went. This is okay. First thing happened at fifteen. The next eight years, he's sitting in a prison in Guantanamo Bay, and there's no due process. No, but and again, you're some enemy combatant who killed a soldier. But he's still, if he's a Canadian citizen, he's still under those rights of. See, this is where I, I really do have a, a tough time. Like, part of me wants to say, no, dude, okay, you were let, fighting what if in a war. Was, what, what if this was, okay, let's say that you drove a Ferrari for 210 kilometers in the <laughs> land of Florida. Uh, and That's one place I wouldn't want to be. Okay, but and then they arrested you and kept you in there for eight years. Now, I recognize that driving a Ferrari at 200 is not the same as... Right, yeah. as but for sake of argument. For yeah. sake of argument. But they just left you there to rot for eight years with no due process. It's happened. With this... See, you're almost proving my point. Because with, with this whole terrorism law and stuff like that, it stuff like that happens in regular jails where uh, suspects have sat there for eight years uh, without a trial. Uh, forget terrorism, just being a certain race. They'll put you in jail for a certain amount of years. Well, and this is part of, I think, where we're at with Kadar because of his race. Mm. I mean, a lot of people on, on Twitter were like, deport him. You can't deport a Canadian, Canadian. citizen. Right. <laughs> but it's funny you bring that up because I think that's almost where we are right now is uh, Trump and his laws, deportation laws, you know, just because you have a certain religion, not yeah. race, religion. religion. Yeah. Um, he's, he's gearing these laws towards that and tr trying to, uh, what, what, how do you want to say, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, and I should have better terms since I'm on the podcast, <laughs> um, 
yeah, he's he is he, sift out the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, right? Um, and hoping that religion religion will be able to do that. And I'm not so certain about it, but that's a real uh, reality here. I think that's where we're getting is because you look a certain way, because you you are a certain religion or from a certain country, you uh, automatically get on that list where no-fly list or deportation list. Right. Is it worth it? Is Does it work? Mm, I don't know. It, it, to me, I think that one of the biggest things that is, that, and I've posted a number of this stuff on Facebook and Twitter, but I think the biggest thing to me, or one of the things I was thinking about is, in the midst of how this was poorly handled, not only by the Canadian government, but by the U.S. government. This isn't only Harper's fault. This went through Chan. This went through Bush. This went through Obama. So um, there's a lot of hands that are really messy in this yeah, situation. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those subjects nobody wanted to touch Yeah, uh, politically. It was a political hot potato because yes, nobody exactly. wanted to deal with the child soldier issue. Exactly, exactly. And now the Spears family was yeah. actually impacted deeply by that because they didn't get an actual fair... Right representation of what and they now want. this now this young man now is getting paid 10.5 million dollars um and, and that's something the family the victim's family could have used and i see their point unfortunately they they probably won't unless they they have millions of dollars to proceed through courts then they could possibly get it well yeah i yeah and i, I there's a couple of things i do want to say is, is I'll defend Kadar's rights as a person, but he's not innocent. No. And that's the difficult part. And he wasn't even innocent through trial because he went through, when he went through the trial, he, there was complaints about how he dressed. Right. There were complaints about how he was addressing people. Um, that that's all documented fact, right? I mean, he was, he wasn't a patron saint, but also, I mean, the thing that you also have to think about, is this happened at the age of 15? If this guy has been... Yeah, a teenager. That's how teenagers act, right? Well, if he's such a hate Canadian, hater of Canada and is terrorist, why have we not heard of any other incidents with him? Yeah. No, it's, it's really... Yeah. I, it's a conundrum. And I don't think there's ever going to be an answer unless he comes out and speaks, writes a book, or does an interview. And I don't think he's ever done that except once after his trial. He's come out and basically said, leave me alone. I, yeah, he, I'm <laughs> sure someone will be trying to interview. We'll invite Omar Kadar on the podcast. <laughs> Would you idea. like to come on the... <laughs> if you're listening now. Yeah, Omar, yeah. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, the only thing he said publicly was, please leave me alone. Yeah, so. basically. Um, and so- once he's gotten $10.5 million, I can't see... Why he'd want to? Well, he's got to pay a lot of legal fees, though. True. So he's probably not going to have ten point five for himself. But it's tax free, then. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I I think um, it's pretty to, to me. It's a very uh, complicated issue. Maybe I'm making it co- more complicated than it should be. But yeah, I think he's not innocent, and I don't feel any pity for him. But at the I same feel time, pity for what he went through. I don't even feel it because he put himself in that position. I well, it, not necessarily. How? Explain that because I, I he think. He was born into. His father was. His, I don't want to say the scum of the earth, but his father was the scum of the earth. 
His father was. Do we? A lot of people have bad fathers who put. But this was an extreme religion that was putting someone into. He was, he was training to shoot a gun, a real gun with real bullets to real people at nine. And some fathers train their kids to sell drugs at young ages, be lookouts on street corners. You know, that's terrible too. Right? Uh, do you feel pity for the kid? I do. I just feel as kids, uh, as people, we have choices. Uh, even if you're but nine. what choice would he have had at nine? Well, I think that uh, you know, run away. Run <laughs> I, away. It, it sounds. Oh, it sounds. <laughs> it sounds simplistic, but we we do have. Uh, Programs flawed, (laughs) very flawed. Yes, they are very flawed. That's a whole other podcast in and of itself. (laughs) To uh, yeah, sure, yeah, but um, yeah, the system is flawed. Um, Okay, we're now on. So, like I was saying, I think that. He was the million dollar question is whether or not he was drinking his father's Kool Aid, and what I mean by that is, did he believe what his father was preaching to him? That you know he has to go fight. Uh, we on? Uh, I'm pulling something off the internet. Yeah. Okay. Um, he has to go fight what his father's preachings were, you know, and if they were correct, and that he firmly believed in them, and you know, blah blah blah. So. That's the million-dollar question. I don't know if that was established during the trial or not. Well, there was a lot not established during the trial. They couldn't prove it. He said he couldn't remember. Basically, the guilt plea was basically, according to him, was never, it was like, I just get rid of this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, for the last 15 years, he, he's been... You know, I mean, he shared his story, and I guess now that he's living in somewhat of freedom, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, I just I don't look at him as a confessed terrorist. I'm not saying that this man is innocent. It's, he's certainly not perfect, but I think that the way that we have the charter and the way that his rights still have to be somewhat protected. This is opening a bag of worms, but I think our charter charter opens up. Uh, a lot to be interpreted and gives people a lot of people a free pass our charter that's an interesting point i uh, <laughs> i don't i i don't know if i agree I, I have to think about if i agree or disagree with you on that i uh, yeah yeah so uh you get you think about that okay while we move on to other topics perhaps. okay maybe okay and um you know let's do Let's, because I haven't had a real chance to sit down with anyone and talk about the longest election result in the history of election results. Uh, I think the House of Cards went past yeah. while this happened. Huh. Uh, 13 Reasons Why went past while this happened. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs went yeah, past yeah. while this happened. No, it, it's uh, been a different rise. Something, well, you, I don't know if you know this, but BC ha- 
has a nickname uh, when it calls to, came to politics called Wacky Politics. Wacky BC Politics. Wacky, yes. Uh, and this certainly proves it. Uh, yeah, all the, all the nation's eyes were on this election. And um, yeah, it was really interesting. The Liberal government, with Christy Clark, I think, uh, she's a, a great politician. And I think by her politics, she basically got us to this position. She got us into this position in terms of... In terms of her skill. I mean, she... You know what I mean? Like, there... How should I say this without sounding like a fool? She was able to navigate the BC politics in such a way to convince her electorate, the, the, the BC voter, that the Liberal vote was the right vote. Even though there was a lot of pushback and a lot of anecdotal evidence that said we don't want a second term, Liberal term, Christy Clark term. And okay, um, if that do you know, does that make sense? Like she was still able to get to that point where she was she she forced this election up uh, outcome. Yes, a lot of people said, okay, no more Christie. We want something different. But she, they say, the incumbent's vote is it's theirs to lose. That's what they say when it comes to politics. And I think that, uh, you know, Christie for a while snuck by. Eventually she got the vote of non-confidence or whatever. But right. I mean, right. This, this, do you like the original election results weren't, the night of the election on May 9th wasn't necessarily a... A loss for her. It wasn't a, a loss for her. It wasn't, but it wasn't a win for her. No, it wasn't a win for her. But as the incumbent, and as a, I think a very unpopular incumbent, um, she did okay. Um, and she's still the head of the Liberal Party. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, I've said this a couple of times. You have never heard me say this. I actually looked at this election, and I felt that this actually ended up being... And I, I feel like I'm the only one saying this and nobody else out there is saying this. But this was actually an indictment of both the Liberals and the NDP. Mm-hmm. And let me sort of explain. Because like, you're right. I don't like for all – like Chrissy Clark – and I've only lived here for two years. But she certainly seems to have alienated t- the teachers. Mm-hmm. She nurses, alien- nurses mm-hmm. healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, she – seems rather inconsistent in a number of different views. Um, certainly not popular out here in, in Vancouver. I think some of her selections in some, and that's not, this isn't Christy Clark's fault, but some of the elections for MLAs were interesting. I think they went for more style uh, than substance. And I think that they got caught in that especially around here in Vancouver. Mm. Um, At the same time, every time I hear that John Horkin pulled this nonsense of 60% of BC voted for something different, I want to actually literally throw up. Mm. Because he doesn't have... 
he has two seats east of Surrey. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there was there was fifty six percent, fifty three percent of a voter turnout. I mean, it's it's tough because there's a lot of people that don't vote. Yes, and I don't think a lot of people take that. Definitely, the politicians don't take. They that don't into take account. that into account. Yeah, I mean, they just quote the figures that work for them. Yeah, it, it's. Like the the sixty percent of people voted for change sounded sounds absolutely wonderful, but it's actually technically not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just typical politic, political, political uh, spin, if you will, or interpreting the results right. <laughs> to your uh, to any way you want. But I mean, this this election it's still not over. Uh, how it's, how it's going to turn out. Uh, it's been very interesting, and uh, I'm waiting to see how it turns out. Uh, I really do, because obviously this is historic. Yeah. This is a historic one. So it's as of this recording, we are waiting John Horgan to be sworn in as yeah. Premier, which is supposed to be happening within this month at some point. Okay. I, I saw the alert for that, but I didn't really read it. Okay. Like it's I, supposed to be happening, but some, I, I don't know when. Yeah. Um, he's starting to get his cabinet together. Okay. And we'll see where that goes. What would you have done? If, what about the? Let's talk about this Green Party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about the Green Party growing up. Um, I thought they were a hippie, you know, fringe kind of party. They've, and I, I don't like this. Is a lot of people aren't going to share my views on this, but I still think they're kind of a fringe party. I mean, honestly, I don't think that they could govern. Uh, a province, let alone a country. Um, Do you mean that the other way around? You said province, let alone a country. Yes. You meant the other way. I mean it the other way around. <laughs> it's you have to understand. It's eleven thirty or something right now. And yeah. Yeah, we're both tired. But um, I do L- manage a country, let alone a province. So it's uh, it'll be interesting the way he works with Corrigan and the NDP. Um, it's definitely a win for him. Uh, sure. It, it, yeah, because I mean, he had nothing seats, before. Yeah. yeah, three seats. Is... And he does, for a while there, he was, you know, like a Cheshire cat, you know, um, just with the balance of power in his hands. What's he going to do? Everybody, you know, was waiting to see what he was going to do with bated breath. So uh, now Did that... Did he do the right thing? I think so. Yes. Why? Well, let... I think it's the right thing because we need to give this new government a chance, this new NDP government a chance. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without an alliance. I mean, they could have, you know what I mean? But they could have just sat and said, we're just going to deal with everything issue by issue and we're not Nothing would get done in the government. I, I I don't know if I agree with that because I think actually what would have happened is Christy Clark would have been like, okay, we need to get everything moving a lot quicker. She took three weeks to get her throne speech out. The problem with that is I think there was a lot of – I think the electorate didn't want her now. I think that's what it came down to is the electorate just didn't want her in power anymore. right? If it was like, oh, okay, Christy's doing an okay job, but she just didn't get enough votes – then I could see, okay, now Weaver's uh, positioning and what he did is into question. But 
I think it came to the point where the the voters just didn't want Christy Clark in power anymore because they thought she was a liar. Uh, she went back on her word, many things. They right. thought she was sneaky politically, you know, having backroom deals and stuff with inf- uh, with uh, businesses and yeah, unions and whatnot. Yeah. It's just a lot of reasons why I think people pushed back against her. So, yeah, I think they did the right thing. Okay. I would have liked to see them... I would have liked to see them been independent because mm. I think it would have given more credence. If you're, I know a lot of Green Party members are upset that they jumped. Yeah, but I guess we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, we'll have to see what happens and how long it lasts too. Yeah. there's some talk it's not going to last long. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> we're going. I think we are going to the polls. I wanted to. I actually was cynical enough to say October. Yeah. Um. We're not going to have a legislator session in September. So I'm going to say probably by May, we're going to polls. You yeah. think so? Yeah, that really. Yeah. What's 40 with the speaker? Yeah. It's going to be 43. 40. And if that happens, do you think uh, the liberals have a chance at getting back in? Yes, because it was only, it's 43 43. Anything can happen. Now, I think now, the question Because, you know, a lot of their base got pissed off with the liberals. Because, uh... Well, and also probably that throne speech didn't help her in any way, shape, or form. Because she basically took the NDP and Green Party platform and said, Oh, this is a great idea. That's a great idea. That's what I'm saying. They got pissed off at that because what happened was she did that. And, um, obviously the Liberal Party of BC, anyway, is a very fiscally conservative government. And her base is fiscally conservative. And when she did that, they're like, wait a second, that's not who we are, right? You're all of a sudden going to change our who we are and what we're about in the base? No. Um, even though they voted for her, she then made that, you know, oh, I'll basically uh, capitulate to what, whatever your demands are. Right. And that pissed a lot of people. That pit, yeah, it, it didn't show a lot of, I want to say backbone. It didn't show a lot of backbone. No. No. And I think that's, yeah, going forward, I think that that's, the question will be, do you run this next election? Do, do you get a new leader and let the NDP run this for a year or whatever? I think they need a shot. Yeah. They, they need a shot. Enough yeah. is enough of saying, oh, the NDP can't do this. The NDP can't do that. The NDP can't do this. We need at least to give them a year or two mm-hmm. in off, like two years in office to see how, how well they fuck up before they – can you swear on this thing? You've just swore three times. <laughs> how, how? 23 minutes into the podcast. Hey, can we swear? Can we fucking swear on the podcast? All right. So so basically, yeah, I think we need to give them a shot to see how well they mess up. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Now, speaking of NDP, you, you've done a natural transition without knowing that you've done a natural transition. Yeah. Well. It's like you're born for this. Hmm. Uh we, uh, me being from Alberta two years ago, have actually have the NDP in charge of, mm. of uh, as you worded it, the uh, off air, and I'm teasing him about it, Albertites. Mm. Albertites. And we were talking about the friendly, is it a friendly rivalry? Between- it depends on what, what we're talking about. The sports is a friendly rivalry. When it comes to politics, it's not a friendly rivalry. Okay, so how's how's sports a friendly rivalry? 
Well, you know, you got your 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 bets that your politicians take with each other. I'll give you salmon, and you give me whatever crude yeah. oil. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and you got that, and uh, maybe beef, Alberta beef, right? Uh, when it comes to uh, politics, uh, there's some things we don't align on politically. We compete compete with the federal government for, and I think, uh, like I know, Christie had a, a huge argument with. Redford, is it? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but Redford, she's gone now, right? Allison, yeah. So yeah. to update, yeah. So Redford is is long gone, right? Um, something to do with some some scandal or yeah, something, yeah. Basically, a sky palace, right? Uh, then the late Jim Prentice took over that leadership. Yes. Yeah, it was Prentice. Uh, the brand of the PC party was done at that point, though. And, uh, wait, I feel like I'm missing something. Somebody in the, who's the one now doing it? Who's doing Rachel Notley. Rachel Notley. Yeah, is the leader. And I think the the premier and Rachel get along better. So, uh, well, Horgan and, and Notley, I think, are going to be an interesting combination. What, what I meant to say, I'm still living in the past. Christy Clark. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And Notley got along. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, the big thing was not Lee has st- stood up and supported the Kinder Morgan pipeline. Horgan has obviously, obviously not, so that will be interesting. Yeah, and uh, Notley was very specific to her. Any of her NDP folks, you're not campaigning in BC under any circumstances. I remember that. Yeah, so uh, I'm just pulling something up here. Hang on here. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's very it'll be very uh, interesting to see now um, how things politically will go on. But yeah, I definitely noticed a rivalry. Um, just a different we we think differently. Yeah. Like, so how uh, so? Well, I think obviously BC residents are more laid back. Uh, we're not as rushed, and I wouldn't say that Albertans are rushed. It's just. Say this: They're cowboys. They're they they're direct. We're not, not in BC. And I th- think a lot of us take offense to being direct. Uh, if that makes mm. sense, I think that's it. Like, like I was saying to you off air that my friends, some of them, or maybe it was on air, but it was some, off air. Yeah, some of my friends uh, after the fire noticed this big migration. Okay, of people coming in the Fort McMurray fire. Fort McMurray fire. It's yeah. a, it's a, you know, fine, fair enough. Um, but where, where was the love before that? That's what we were thinking. Where was the love before that? It's always like, uh, you know, jokes about BC and back and forth and stuff like that. But then they came in with their cars and whatever. <laughs> their cars. <laughs> Damn those Albertans in their cars. Those Albertans in their cars. But you know, so yeah, it's just I find that there's a little rivalry there. I do like how the West, including Alberta, you know, we're annoyed at Toronto, pretty much, right? Oh. Like Toronto thinks it's the center of the earth. Yeah, thing. we were talking about that with a certain t- television station yeah. that we were watching before. Will be remain nameless, or yeah. will we name them? I don't uh, know. We should maybe maybe let's not okay. name them now. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's a sports network, <laughs> right? It's a sports network, yeah, not the sports network. Yeah. 
Well, now I'm in tread. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's just my thought on that. Well, you know, to respond, <clears throat> and... Please do. Of course. Uh, there were a lot of people in Fort McMurray that were quite angry with some of the behavior in BC in regards to some of the environmental folks really mocking Fort McMurray. After the fire? Yeah, it was almost like there was one guy on the, on the island that wrote this big piece about how, you know, Fort McMurray deserved it. Uh, you drive these Jeeps, you buy, drive these big trucks, you use all this oil. You just basically like kind of almost mocking. It's like, right. you know, well, you're always going to get those crackpots. It's like if there's an earthquake in some place in the, on the earth and then, you know, some Christian with this Bible. Yeah. Well, it's God's wrath. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. And you're always going to get those types. Yeah. You know, there was an actual feeling of an earthquake in Gabi. Uh, you were saying something on Facebook about that, so tell me more of this. 5.8 in Montana, and it was felt in somewhere. Wow. In it was funny, because I was working at the movie theater a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago in Richmond, uh, at the uh, Silver City. Yeah, there. yeah. And it was during Star Wars. Okay. And one of the movie theaters was like, had felt an earthquake. And I was in, we were in concession, we felt nothing. And we were in the same building, which is... No, it's funny you bring that up, because I was at a, uh, I was at work once, this is years ago, 2011, and there was that earthquake, just, uh, you, you probably weren't here, you no. were in Alberta, but there was an earthquake just off of Vancouver Island. Obviously, people in Vancouver Island felt it. Some people in Lower Mainland felt it. Some people didn't. I think honestly, it's like dogs feel earthquakes. Apparently, you you can be in tune. I think with I don't know whether it's your body or whatever. You're in tune with what's going on with the earth, or you're not. Right. And so some people will pick it up. Some people won't. Like I picked it up. I felt it. I'm not saying I'm in tune with the earth. I'm just I just felt it. I don't know. Well, you are from BC, though. I am so from BC. So maybe you are more yes. than us cowboys from Alberta. Well, our Vancouverites were more hippie-ish, and we love all the sea and water and mountains and crap, right? Right, right. <laughs> so. And, you know, this is the time of year that, you know, we get the Vancouver – the Calgary Stampede starts. Yes. Yeah, and then we get the Vancouver hipsters with their expertise on how to handle horses and – well, weren't they livestock. trying to shut that? Maybe it was the Cloverdale Rodeo that were trying to shut down. That's out here in a suburb we have Cloverdale. Yes, yes. They were trying to shut that down. So I don't know if your guys' stampede is still going on. It's bigger. Oh, oh that's, it's that's way bigger than world renowned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sadly, the prime minister won't be there to flip pancakes. Oh, but he's he, not doing that. He, yeah. you know, well, he's got the G20. Oh, I'm sure that he won't miss it. I, he seems like the type that wouldn't miss it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, we'll get into a whole thing on the stampede <laughs> in another another time, but it's a it's a love hate relationship. Yeah, I mean, without it, where would Canada be? The Calgary that, Stampede. That's the question. Where would Canada? Where would be? Canada be without that? Is the, the question, Kevin? I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't where Calgary <laughs> would be. I guess it it, it would be a you got the CNE. In in yeah. Toronto, you got the I guess the jazz festival 
in Montreal. Um, the comedy festival in Montreal, just for laughs. Just for laughs. Uh, you got poutine. And then you got the rodeo. Where would where would Canada be without the rodeo? That's a great question. That's that's CN a, Tower. CN Tower. Where, was, where, where would was Canada, Canada be without the, the CN Tower? Yeah. See, these are questions one has to pose and and answer. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have to know. But honestly, where would it be? Because is it that big a deal that if if it got shut down next year, we would it, like? It would be a terrible thing for the economy in the state. At least Cal- Alberta. Yeah, yeah, for Calgary for sure. Um, but yeah. and it, because it does attract a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. So um, what else do y'all have out there besides the rodeo? What else do we have out what, there? Uh, national things that happen, or you know. Uh, there's Drumheller has their, uh, Drumheller is actually quite famous for their Badlands. Edmonton has the Fringe Festival, which is one of the best Fringe Festivals. Because we have a Fringe Festival too. Yes. Edmonton is actually, is reportedly better, one of the best in the world, Vancouver's. Though we'll, well, we'll be, we may go, we go take a video camera and check some things out. We should, yes. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, those are really some of the more world record. Like, in terms of tourism, where we are, of course, is the epitome of tourism. And I mean, obviously, you got Connor McDavid. Yes. The next Wayne Gretzky. Yes. That's our view. So, so, who do... Do you hate the Oilers more or the Flames? Do I hate the Oilers more or the Flames? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't follow hockey, just a disclaimer. But if I did... And I'm a Vancouverite. Right. Probably the Flames. Mm. <laughs> You're the, the, like almost vomit in your no. mouth. <laughs> no. no. I, I'm not going to. No. I just I'm not curious. Why? He's going to ask? Yeah, no, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, it's the big city vibe of the Flames compared to the Oilers. It okay. seems the Oilers are more down to earth. It always was with Wayne Gretzky and uh, Moose and everybody that played back in the eighties. And then you know you got Connor McDavid and uh, who's the other skinny guy? Uh, you know what I'm talking about the little skinny guy that zips around the ice and <laughs> the Oilers. Uh, anyways, he's not skinny though. No, he has three names. Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins. Right? Yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. They just seem more down to earth. Um, maybe it's because of the work they do on the rigs and stuff like that. I'm not saying all the hockey players work on the rigs. I'm just saying. No, that, I mean, that's, I, Yeah. The people. But I, if you had, you actually, the Canucks and Oilers haven't had a playoff series either to develop some sort of hatred. I mean, other than Messier coming here and wrecking the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um,. We, okay, our sports culture here in Vancouver is really interesting. I, I think it's kind of like the Lakers, even though the Lakers are way better. <laughs> it's just that they are bandwagon jumpers. jumpers. Uh, I, I don't think we're a very good team. I said this. Yeah. Um, I think we, we, we go to be seen. Uh, in Edmonton and in Calgary, they go to see. Mm-hmm. So that's a big difference. Even with the Leafs, and they suck. They are they doing well this year? 
they're much they're doing better. better. Yeah. Right? But they still, even when they suck, the Canucks might be the worst team, the yeah. Canadian team right now. Exactly, exactly. Right? The, 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 the Habs, whenever they were sucking, people would go just to, to watch the game still. Yeah. Here, it's like they go to be seen. Oh, my girl, they take selfies. Oh, I'm at the Canucks game, even though they were losing 3 nothing. right? It's just a good place. A corporate. It's corporate. Hmm. Canucks are corporate. Um, yeah. Okay. Which leads us to another transition. You're good at the transition. Yeah. So, one of the things that you, you when you and I met, you, um, I'm not going to talk about everything we talked about off air. How dare you? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> um, but you did feel that there are some stories that get more coverage or more notoriety in Vancouver than other stories. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just uh, regards to lo- local news. I think this is a worldwide uh, issue with, when it comes to news coverage. Uh, CNN, I think with the elections, we noticed it that you know a lot of stories they were very particular in, in if you watched MSNBC, you watched Fox news, you watched CNN, you'd see the difference in coverage. And obviously MSNBC is a liberal, uh, I was going to say publication, but a liberal, uh, media outlet. Then you got Fox news was a very conservative, uh, outlet. And then obviously CNN, which is branded as middle. So I said branded, Right with, with quotes, um, and I just found that coverage was very selective, and maybe it was because of the people, the players involved in, in the news that it was like now journalists were getting opinions. So that's something that, and I'm noticing it here too. I notice, I don't know if I can name names like news outlets or not. There, there's a certain outlet news okay. outlet that i notice is more partial to uh animal coverage covering stories about animals than others so i'll notice that and um i find that very offensive as a news uh consumer okay so as a okay let, let's kind of draw this out a little bit mm-hmm. so animal like you mean like explain that a little bit more yeah, well, anything involving dogs, cats, bears, uh, this news outlet will be more prone to cover this on the top of the uh, news cycle, you know, uh, top of the 11 o'clock news, whatever it is. Okay, so the dog that got caught in a tree or something, I don't know, maybe yeah. it's a cat or whatever, right? They'll cover that. But, don't, but in Vancouver is very but animal I won't see other outlets doing it. Like, um, the, there's a government-run uh, news outlet that we have here and there, you know, they'll wait until four or five stories in before they cover it. Okay. Okay. So you're, okay. So you're feeling that, that it's kind of some of it. Cause I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pull a name just as an example. Leah Halive on Pulse 107 on Twitter is always posting about rescue animals, mm-hmm. um, which I have no problem because that's, I, that's her passion. I have no problem. Like, that's I don't see that as a as a problem. But I think what I'm sensing from you is, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying this. You're saying this, yes. just in case. Yes, I, yes, yes. Um, 
there are some of these stories that are being chosen are being missed in favor of yeah some important it's whoever the news director is and i know who this specific specific person is um they just choose to have that angle and to make a precedence uh how should i say make it important to cover these types of stories. Okay. And I don't think that's necessarily their job to do that. Okay. Um, What about the fentanyl opioid crisis? What about it from a coverage point of view? (sighs) That's a tough one because they are covering it. I think they're covering it. But... um, no, I think they're covering it. I think it's a fair and balanced coverage. Okay. Yeah. So what are some stories you feel like in Vancouver's not getting enough? Yeah. Uh, geez, I'm trying to rack my brain around this now. It's kind of like, um, I think. Well, we're doing all right for 11.45. I th- yeah, I think that um, City Hall. I don't think City Hall. I don't want to say it gets enough pressure because I don't think that's the media's job. But I, I I do think the mayor gets us easy, gets off easy hmm. with the with media in general for some reason. He How made so- a lot of promises when he ran initially and got elected with homelessness, with whatever. And I, I just think they'll cover it once, the media. And I use that with all mediums, whether it's radio or television um and then they'll cover it once and then let it go by the wayside and i think we need more pressure uh, if we if we if journalists see that there is a story um that there is evidence that there is a story there and i think they need to put more pressure feet on fire to the feet of these people yeah, that they're covering feet. yeah you know what i mean so put more pressure on these people don't just ask one word questions, get the answer and then move on, follow your story. And then that's it for the, you know, yeah. So in that sense, I think civically our, our civic government doesn't get a lot of pressure. And I think our civic government personally is one of those governments that will push through legislation without consultation. The two, so they need pressure. Two stories that came to my mind that when you, brought this up was the 105 Kiefer Sanga in Chinatown. I didn't hear a whole, there was a lot going on on Twitter with that, but I didn't hear a lot of news coverage with it um, and how that, that was being handled. Uh, and the story in Balmoral. Uh, the Balmoral. Yeah. What? <laughs> Funny you bring that up because I think that, that story has been given a lot more coverage. I think so, actually. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm not seeing it because I think, I mean, or maybe what... What, what are you expecting as far as coverage? What does that look like? Good question. Uh, because, I mean, we know there was the evictions that happened because the, the I walked past there. It's... Despicable. No one should be living in that. 
But there hasn't been a lot of follow-up on that story. No, you're kind of right. And especially with... I mean, you heard about the new policies regarding Airbnb. Yeah. I think once that, you know, now it's shifted to Airbnb now. You're hearing a lot about Airbnb within the last couple of days. And you haven't heard a lot about what's going on with Balmoral. Um, there are key players in the poverty, I don't want to say poverty industry, but down, down east side who, yeah, they're calling for more... Like, you heard about the raid on City Hall, right? I mean, people just don't do that for no reason. And obviously, they're fed up. Yeah. Um, and only one counselor stayed behind. I think it was Affleck to, to hear what they had to say. So, yeah, I mean, that's how bad things have got there. And Do you feel like City Council is kind of losing touch with? I think they have people they answer to. These people they answer to have big pockets, deep pockets. People like Chip Wilson, who got the bike lanes done. <laughs> that project wouldn't have happened without Chip Wilson's deep pockets um, and influence in the city. He has a friend at City Hall, and I'm not going to say who. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, we're pushing buttons here. We're pushing buttons. But you know what I mean? Like, now, the bike lanes on first or point gray road they're nice if you're a biker but if you're obviously a a, a car driver you're gonna have some problems with that right but but Bailey, i thought all of van us in vancouver all love the bike yeah and that's another issue if we have time i don't know it's getting pretty late we could come back and revisit this but this is basically about pushing policies uh through with before consultation uh, making it, trying to be like, you know, uh, Finland or, or some European city, when it's not. We're not Finland. We're not a Dutch country. Um, Poland. We're not Poland. Where people bike on a regular basis because the infrastructure is there to allow them to do that. And it's like 10 minutes from their house to work because of the infrastructure. It's half an hour, 40 minutes. Just in the car because <laughs> of the infrastructure and on a bike it would be over you know two hours i think right right so like yeah. if we had the proper infrastructure in place then we could go ahead and really really push for a plan and push this idea of bike lanes and and getting people on their bicycles into bike in from Surrey and the suburbs into Vancouver and viaduct and all this kind of stuff, you know, I think, but we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the public transit in place. Cause you know that the buses can only like hold four bikes. Right. Well, that, that too. Sky train shuts down at two o'clock. There's so many inconsistencies. Yeah. With the policy it doesn't make sense well my my thing with the the transit and then <laughs> is is some of these major buses um will come two or three in a row and then there's another one not coming for 45 minutes and i'm right? a little confused about how did that schedule is run right it's very, very I, don't, I don't know and i and i hear from what i hear things have gotten better at translink with the new people key people involved this lady from uh australia and then kevin desmond mm-hmm it's gotten better as far as communication goes, but I don't know, like, I don't know, it, like, they can do all they can do. Like, they need more money yeah. from somebody. 
the government, the BC government, the federal government. I don't know. I don't have money to give though. And I think that's what the the public is saying. We don't have yeah. any more money. If we are going to give you money, this better be like millions or billions so that you change the whole system, right. not just one little upgrade that's going to yeah. allow one more bike on the on the bus yeah. or or now the system can run for like another hour. It has to be a whole major overhaul. We need to get a cyclist advocate on here. Yeah, pretty much. And they can tell us what's up. Yes. So cyclist advocates. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything. For Except this. for the, the dude on the on the Ferrari guy. Do you want to talk about that? It's kind of late. Let's leave it for another day, I think. All right. That story will stick around. Um, you don't have any social media. Well... I don't have any social media yet, but I will be getting some social media. Okay. Stay tuned, folks, Stay because tuned. I will be up on and running on social media. Okay. So you can complain. Send your complaint letters. Right. Well, right now, send your complaint letters. You follow me on to Twitter. To Kevin Olin. Yeah, at K-E-V-O-L-E. <laughs> yeah, me as a friend on Facebook. <laughs> um, and thanks for doing this at this late hour. It's, yeah. It's... We did this later than usual. Yes, very much. As you can tell in our voices, we're, yeah. we're not okay. premium. Yeah. We're about to fall asleep. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.